is Shandy Chernow, and you're listening to the Shandyland Podcast. I have today with me an amazing young woman who has been very busy making sure that everyone can be kept safe when it comes to food allergies. Her name is Elizabeth Anderlich. She is a food allergy advocate, a student, and a congressional intern this summer. How cool is that? Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so let's start at the beginning. Share with me, you know, kind of childhood-wise, what did your food allergy story look like? Yeah, so I was diagnosed with multiple uh, food allergies around the age of five. Um, At the time, my family wasn't really aware about food allergies at all. Um, We had many uh, allergen foods in our house. Um, And so one day, my mom was making some special popcorn for, I believe, a movie party that she was going to and me and my brother ran in the kitchen and just sneakily grabbed some and right away I started having an anaphylactic reaction um there were actually cashews in the popcorn um and so you know my um I was throwing up um I had hives my tongue was itching um you know all the typical um, allergic reaction symptoms. And so that's how I found out. And then I went to the allergist, I got tested, and I found out that I was allergic to all tree nuts um, at the time. And since then, I've developed a few other food allergies. I'm now also allergic to sesame seeds and sunflower seeds, as well as shellfish. So it's been a long journey, um, but there have been some positive things that have come out of it for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I share quite a few of those with you, uh, with the exception of sunflower seeds. Although I have suspected sunflower before, like you know, there's a lot of sunflower oil used and a lot of different chips and stuff, right? And kind of had suspicions of that one. That one's got to be tough because there's a lot of sunflower oil used in things. Yeah, luckily I am okay with the oil, but the actual seed is not good for me. So that's easier then. Yes, for sure. Be careful with that oil, though. Um, So as you were growing up, at some point you switched from going to regular school to, not regular school, but like going to school in person to being homeschooled. Um, And then you self-advocated your way back into school. Tell me about that part. Yes. So in sixth grade, um, I was going through the the transition from um, elementary school to middle school. And so I was switching schools. And the school that I was going to ended up not accommodating my allergies in a way that my family was comfortable with. And so for about two years, I was homeschooled, which was a really hard and isolating experience. I didn't know anybody with food allergies. And so I just felt so alone. Um, And so in eighth grade, my parents worked really hard to get me back into um, another school. I ended up going to a private school that was really great with my allergies. Um, And from there, that's actually when I found out about the entire food allergy community. Um, It was really me who just wanted to find other people with food allergies. And so I was just Googling, you know, food allergy experience or to find anything really. And I stumbled across FAIR and their um, summit. And the next year when I went into high school, I ended up going um, and I met so many other people with food allergies and kind of started my advocacy journey there. How did that go? That's that first summit for you. It was amazing. I actually was a part of the innovation tank at the time. It was in 2018. 
Um, and so I presented my invention, which was an EpiPen um, that when you use it actually would call 911. So it would have like a GPS in it, almost like a life alert. Um, because, you know, when people are going into anaphylaxis, they can't always talk or they're really panicked and they just need that extra security of being able to not have to run to grab their phone. Um, and also I think gives people more independence knowing that they, you know, can do it on their own and not always have to have somebody else there. Um, so that was a really cool experience. Yeah. How'd that go over in the, uh, in the innovation tank? It was great. I was a finalist and I just, I met on, um, a few other great people with really awesome ideas as well. And just getting to, hear other people's stories and their inventions was a really awesome thing. That's very cool. That's very cool. I love it. Have you gone back to the summit since? I have. I was, I spoke at the 2019 conference um, and then of course COVID hit. So I wasn't able to go to any others, but I'm going to be speaking again this year. Very good. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. So you got back into high school, private, uh, and then you've made now the transition to college. How has that gone? Yes. So I actually only stayed one year at a private school. I went back to public, but it was great. It was a different school. Um, but now I'm at college. I'm at DePaul and it's going really well. What kind of experiences have you had at being away at school uh, with your food allergies? So I actually commute. Um, I live in the Chicagoland area and that's where DePaul is. So I haven't had um, a big struggle with food allergies in that way, just because I'm not eating at their dining hall or anything like that. But the transition has been pretty great. I think, especially as you move up, um, you gain more independence um, and just what you're able to do. You know, for example, in middle school, they were a lot more strict with the food situation and where you have to sit and everything. And then in high school, it was more free reign and then moving into college. So I think it was honestly has been even easier for me in that sense. Yeah, being, being I guess, not away at school, but being able to uh, get away from things you don't necessarily want to be sitting with. Yes, to have more control, I think, over my situation. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. <laughs> What uh, what advice would you have for other kids kind of heading into those years, middle school, high school, college? Um, I think just being able to learn to advocate for yourself and speak for yourself is really important, as well as learning to lean on other people with food allergies. I think finding community has been the biggest thing for me and being able to relate to others. Like I said, I felt so alone at one point in my life and being able to, you know, now have such a amazing group of people that I can text at any time with, you know, questions has just been so helpful. Yeah, that's super cool. What about choosing a school? Um, yes, I, that was something that was really hard for me, actually. I don't think I have a a perfect recommendation, but I think using different, I don't think there is a perfect recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. I think using different, um, you know, apps, I think fair had a college search, I think spoken also had something like that. So just looking up online and contacting people. Yeah. What about find outside of food allergies? How did you find the college process now? Apparently it's changed quite a bit. Um, it was definitely difficult. Um, <laughs> there's a lot that you have to do. And I think 
it was it was a lot of pressure so I'm glad to be here now and <laughs> overcome, have overcome that <laughs> so speaking of overcoming if you will you have a super cool summer job coming up tell me yeah. everything I like how on earth did you manage to kind of get the dream job for the summer? Yes. Yeah, so I will be interning with Senator Tammy Duckworth's legislative team on Capitol Hill. Um, I'm super excited. I have um, have been really interested in policy work ever since I was a part of FAIR's um, fly-in back in 2020 on Capitol Hill. Um, and so I knew that I wanted to work with Senator Tammy Duckworth because she's first off my senator, as well as she is one of the first um, people with a disability to be elected into Congress. And she's done um, a lot of important food allergy work, such as trying to get EpiPens on airplanes. Um, and so I going into this, I knew that I wanted to be able to get that experience of going away from home first off, and then being able to just work on the Hill. I absolutely love it there and I love how empowering it is. So I'm just super excited to start this journey. I leave in a few days. So that's so cool. I'm so excited for you. So how does it all work? You've become an intern. Do they give you housing? Like do you live with other interns? Do you have to find your own place? Like what happens when you get on that airplane and land? Yeah. So they are you driving? we are yeah. So I'm driving with my mom down. Um, she's going to help me get situated, but they do not provide us with housing. Um, but there is a lot of different um, routes that you can take in DC to find housing. They provided me with a few different options. You can, you know, do a sublease or university housing. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different options, but you definitely have to navigate it yourself. Are you going to be living with any other interns? I'm not. No, I'm living on my own, which I think will actually be kind of more helpful just because with food allergies, it can definitely be hard to live with other people. Yeah, no doubt. That's so cool. Do you know yet what like a day in the life will look at, look like? I don't know entirely yet. So it will be a little bit of a surprise, um, but I'm going to be, you know, helping research legislation, um, of course, you know, uh, communicating with constituents and doing, you know, the typical intern things, but hopefully I'll be able to also go to some hearings and potentially help out with some of the um, food allergy uh, efforts that they're doing there. That's so great. If you ever need an extra voice, you let me know. Happy to, happy to talk about that. Will you be doing capital tours? I don't know yet. I don't think I am, but I would love to. I always loved going to the college tours and watching the tour guides. Um, so we'll see, maybe. I was in DC in March, I think. And we went on a Capitol tour through one of the Congress people here. And it was an intern who gave us the tour and he had this little piece of paper like to, okay, here's where you go next. And, you know, kind of answers to some of the questions. It was very cute. That's so fun. Yes. We'll see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. I hope you get to do it. I think that would be pretty neat. For sure. Yeah. So do you want to focus largely on food allergy legislation or learning kind of more broadly about policy stuffs? Um, I think I'm really looking to just learn more broadly about policy. Um, right now, you know, I'm, I'm at an age where I'm trying to explore my options for the future and see what, you know, I feel is my calling. I'm really interested in 
working with the disabled community through policy. Um, right now I work as an inclusion aide for a nonprofit near me. So I go into park district programs and aid kids one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and I've just absolutely have loved doing that job and um, specifically being able to use uh, policies such as the Americans with Disability Act to be able to advocate for my kids. Um, and so I'm really just looking to learn more broadly about policy in general to see if it's something that I would want to pursue more in detail. And what's your major? Right now I'm majoring in health sciences with a minor in public policy. So looking more at the public health side of it. What's health sciences mean? Um, right now, it, for me, it means it can mean a few different things depending on what your concentration is. But for me, it's more the public health side of it. Um, so, you know, looking at different, like almost trends in public health, like you think about COVID, I think that's a really good example of public health, educating people on washing their hands, on using face masks, but it can mean a lot of different things. Nice. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Now you've mentioned a couple of things that you're doing outside of school, outside of your internship. Uh, with regard to some nonprofits, but you actually, you, you have not even begun to tell us the list of things. So tell tell me more about Securing Safe Food and some of your other advocacy work. Yes. So Securing Safe Food is a 501c3 nonprofit um, entirely led by teens. Um, it started right before the pandemic. It started off as a fair um, teen advisory group project, um, but it's kind of grown into more. So we provide allergy-friendly food to low-income individuals with dietary restrictions by specifically working with food pantries. So we have, um, you know, a list of allergy-friendly brands, um, you know, for example, the be free from, you know, either one of the top nine allergens or all of them. And uh, we go ahead and have them uh, donate to some partnered pantries of ours um, that specifically will segregate that food for people with allergies. So it's set aside. Um, in my current role, I'm an outreach coordinator. So I, um, you know, coordinate the donations with the brands. I reach out to brands and do things like that. But it's been a really rewarding job and has been really awesome to give back in, to my community in that way. How many food pantries does Securing Safe Food work with? I believe we work with over 30. Wow. Yes, many pantries all across the United States. Very cool. All right. So, and and that's not all, right? I think we're that's missing one or two. So I've also done a lot of uh, local advocacy efforts. So um, I have a group called Teal Kids. Um, which is almost, it's almost like a mentorship program. Um, in the past, I've done, you know, meetings with the kids where we've talked about food allergies. I've done them at my local library and have done, you know, teal pumpkin painting projects and things like that. Um, most recently, I did an allergy-friendly Easter egg hunt, which was really cool. I had about, you know, 15 or more families that came and, um, you know, they're all kids with allergies. And, you know, I had parents coming out to me saying this is the first time we've ever been able to participate in an Easter egg hunt. And I think it's so rewarding to be able to um, give back to families that, you know, it was once like me. So that's really cool. And um, I've also done, you know, uh, EpiPen trainings at um, DePaul, as well as in the past, right before the pandemic, I did um presentations to my local elementary school. So I taught the kids how to um, be a pal for 
um, individuals with food allergies. So I taught them about food allergies, kind of taught them about cross-contamination and how they can keep their friends safe. Um, so a lot of cool things that I think have been really not only inspiring for me, but very healing as well. Yeah, no doubt. Given the, the the feelings that you shared that you had when you were a kid of that, you know, isolation and loneliness. Yes. What you're doing is is very, very cool. Uh, so you are pretty bored. You don't do a lot with your days. Lazy. Lazy is a good word here. Yeah, you, you keep busy. You do as much as you conceivably can. What's next on the agenda? What's next? Um, well, you know, looking up at this summer, I have my internship as well, um, of course. But I'm hoping just to keep up with the same efforts to work with securing safe food. Um, that's something, you know, that I can do um, remotely, you know, and not in this, not just here, um, like some of my other efforts. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping, you know, the next school year to be doing the same things, potentially make a club um, at my university for, you know, allergy support. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. We'll see yeah. what happens. I bet you are. So I would have guessed that sunflower would have been your most challenging allergy, but it sounds like that one's not so bad. What's your hardest one? Um, I think all the nuts, probably, just because there are so many and it's in a lot. So definitely the nuts, I think. What uh, What's your kind of go-to snack? Oh, I don't know. Um... I mean, I, I love like vegetables. <laughs> so I, I know that's so boring, but I love like a good, like veggie tray. Um, a lot of chips are safe for me. So things like that. Very good. I like it. What advice would you give to other kids who have food allergies? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think to not let your fear hold you back and to really be open to, you know, trying new things, even though it's hard and to be able to lean on your support system. Um, you know, my family has been just my biggest support system. My mom, she's like my best friend. And whenever I'm having a hard time, I know I can always count on her. Um, and yeah, just being able to find other people with allergies. And it seems hard at first to find people, um, especially when you're just, you know, in your own community, but I think online is a really great place to start looking for people. Yeah. Yes. yeah. The fair, I think the fair summits are really, really great. Um, you know, in the teen years, are there particular groups or pages on Instagram or TikTok that you follow? Um, you know, I think, like you said, I think fair is one of the biggest ones. They have the teen advisory group, which is really great because, um, not only do you get to meet people, but you also are able to sign up for different projects that are all teen led. So you can pick one that's interested that you're interested in, or you can even start one. And that's how you can start to collaborate with people and meet other people too. Yeah, I think that's super cool. I love the I love the work that they're doing. I'm glad that you got so involved there. What do you wish other people knew, whether it's friends or family members or restaurants or random strangers? I think I wish people knew that it doesn't just affect me like physically, but also mentally. And then as well as that, it's not just in food for me. You know, I have to check like makeup products and hair products and, you know, 
fragrances, all sorts of things I have to be so careful with. You wouldn't believe the amount of like beauty products that have sesame in them for some weird reason, surprisingly. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's so much more than just avoiding a food. It takes such a toll on you. You have to, you know, constantly be checking every ingredient. Um, you know, I think especially growing up, it was awkward in social situations, you know, people will be like, what is that, you know, for my EpiPen and stuff like that. So it was very hard to navigate at times. Yeah, no, that is tough. And on beauty products, I totally hear you. Sweet almond oil is the enemy for me. Oh, breaks me out in hives faster than anything. And that stuff, it, it must smell good or some, I don't know. It's everywhere. Yeah. Every- everywhere. It drives me bananas. The eczema cream that my son uses, it works great for him. First ingredient, sweet almond oil. So I can't put his eczema cream on him. Mm-hmm. Maddening. So hard. So hard. Yeah. That stuff is the worst. Um, I'm sure it's fabulous for other people, but for me, it is the absolute worst. All right. So how can people find you to connect online? If they have any questions, want to reach out, uh, need, you know, another person who has food allergies to know? Yeah, so I think the best way to contact me is either through my Instagram. It is Lizzie Anderlich with a Y. So it's L-I-Z-Z-Y and then Anderlich is A-N-D-E-R-L-I-K as well as my LinkedIn, which is Elizabeth Anderlich. Um, Those are great places and I'll be sure to get back to you. Perfect. And then my favorite part of my little tiny show here two truths and a lie. So give us three facts about yourself, one of which is not true, no particular order, and don't tell us the answer. Okay. So the first one is I can play the piano. I rock climb. And the last one is I love to bake. Way to keep it simple. That's the key. I like it. (laughs) But that's perfect. So if anybody wants to know what is, well, well, now I want to call you Lizzie. Well, I would, I would have said Elizabeth. <laughs> if anybody wants to know what the lie is in this situation, uh, just come to us on your favorite podcast platform or your favorite social media platform and give an ask and we'll be sure to let you know whether or not you are correct. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to go with Elizabeth. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. What great stories you have to tell. And, you know, I think people will really relate to how you have had to deal with those feelings growing up and see the success that you've had. I absolutely want to hear everything about this internship this summer. So come back and talk to us about it when you're done with that. And of course, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And everybody who's listening, thanks so much for sticking around. As always, this has been the Shandyland Podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 